Good morning, Branches. As you can see, I'm not Tom, your pastor. My name is Mike. Tom asked me to speak to you this morning, and I'm excited to do that. So if you'll allow me, I'd like to paint a scene for you. Close your eyes and picture Jesus. He's arrested in the middle of the night. He's rushed through a sham trial and he's tortured. He's rejected by the very people he came to save. Even though he's innocent, he's condemned to die. Roman soldiers strip him and steal his clothes, and they buckle him to a crossbar and make him walk through the city up to the hill where he's fated to die. There, they nail his hands to the crossbar, and they hoist him up on this post, creating a, a cross shape above everyone's heads. The one who is sent to bring life hangs there, dying. You would think that any person in the process of being executed would be thinking about only themselves. I know I would. I bet you would too, but not Jesus. See, when Jesus is hanging there, he's thinking about others, even in the midst of his pain and in the midst of his fear. He still couldn't stop thinking about meeting people's needs. In John chapter 19, we read, Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And he said to John, Here is your mother. And from that time on, the disciple took her into his home. Jesus' mindset in that moment wasn't on his fear or his pain, both of which the Bible tells us that he experienced. He was thinking about his mother and how devastating this must be for her. He looks down. He sees her. He knows that now she's got no one to care for her. She's got a young family, children to take care of. Who would look out for Mary? Widows in that day, they had almost nothing. If no one wanted to marry them, they went destitute. They were poor. So who would care for her? He looks and he sees his beloved disciple, John. And he gives him to her to love her, to care for her, to provide for her. John, if you remember, was a fisherman. He had a trade. He could look out for Mary. Jesus is dying and he is still looking for needs to meet. This latest and nearly last act of his radical love is just one in a lifetime of acts of radical love. Like when Jesus stood at the tomb of his friend Lazarus, 
knowing that he was going to raise him to life. He was going to bring him back to life. And yet he stood there and still wept. Or the woman he saw from afar, also weeping in a funeral procession coming out of a town. Turns out that the funeral was the funeral of her son. Jesus goes to them and he touches the body of the son, risking ritual impurity, transferring into Jesus, but not this time. The love of God and the life of God transfer from Jesus into the boy and he gives the boy back to his mother. Or that time on the same cross, right around when he looked down and saw his mother, Jesus also looked over and saw the thief. And he forgave him and he invited him into the kingdom. He forgave the Roman soldiers who were executing him. This man's life was characterized by a love so radical that he would forgive his executioners even as they were executing him. The love by which all these people are loved is the same love by which you are loved. What does a life look like? What does a life turn into that has received that radical love. The conclusion that the Apostle Paul comes to is that the radical love of Jesus provides a radical example for the Christian life. In Philippians chapter 2, Paul writes, that we should do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility... Value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cursed cross. Is your life one that has received this radical love? Is your mindset the same mindset as Jesus? who considered our lives more important than his rights, being equal with God. He didn't take advantage of that. Instead, he made himself nothing for our sakes. This is the love by which we have been loved. And this is the love by which we should love. It's a love that lays down its rights. Because in reality, if Jesus is my example, then the only right I have is to lay down my rights for my friends. A radical mindset, no doubt. 
that stands in total contrast to the world around us. Recently, a friend posted a striking quote. It's from pastor and theologian A.W. Tozer. He wrote, Modern Christians hope to save the world by being like it, but it will never work. The church's power over the world springs out of her unlikeness to it, never from her integration into it. I'll be honest. I didn't like this when I read it. It annoyed me. Because I've always kind of operated from the opposite mindset. But what Tozer said really struck me. And as I've meditated on it, my previous mindset began to shift. And that's a scary thing. Because I don't really want to have the same mindset as Jesus. It's too costly. I'm super glad that Jesus loved me with a radical love, but I don't want to turn around and go do the same thing for someone else. But no matter how much I try to wiggle out of it, the great ask of Jesus is that we should love in the same way we have been loved. That radical, Jesus-like love that stands in contrast to the rest of the world. The world that remains largely self-concerned. When we love, we enter into the world and join people in their concern for themselves. And when we do that, that stands out. It's like a spotlight shining into a darkened sky. When we love, we become spotlights shining. We become something different. Different from what has come before in other people's lives. We become the people of seeing and light and warmth in the same way that Jesus did. So look. I don't just want to talk about this. I want to be this. I want to practice and not just preach. If I don't do that, then really, why should you care about what I'm saying to you? The answer is, you shouldn't. So my family and I, we don't have much money. We don't have a lot of resources. But I'll give you one guess as to what we do have a lot of. We have a lot of toilet paper. So, back at the beginning of our quarantine, I stocked up on toilet paper because I thought my parents were going to be coming and staying with us. They live in a city in a larger population center. I thought they might have to leave. So, I bought a bunch to prepare for them staying with us. But that never happened. So, now I have this pyramid of toilet paper in my laundry room. And I don't want it, and I don't need it. My life is no better or worse with this in my laundry room than without it. But if I give it away, I might be able to make someone else's life better if they're having trouble finding some. Because I can usually find some. And if you need some to feel a little safer right now, 
come and get it. It's yours. You can message me on Facebook. You can message Branches on Facebook. It's going to stay here, so you have access to it. First come, first serve. Supplies are limited. If you need some, it's yours. I want to share. What do you think you can do to share this week? If today is our jumping off point, if Jesus so loved us, how do you want to love this week? Let me give you a couple of ideas. Just three practical steps that maybe you can do to share, to serve, and to love. So the first thing I might say to you is to prayerfully explore. Prayerfully explore the chapters that I mentioned today. John 19 and Philippians 2. Spend time in John and Paul. Read the whole chapter and ask God to illuminate the text especially if you're confused, especially if something doesn't make sense. You can talk to God while you read, and he will help you. He wants you to know him better. Something else you might do is to think critically about what resources you have and what you could use to bless someone else. Again, ask God to illuminate things that you might not know you have right now, or that you might not naturally think could be used by someone. Come and add to the pyramid. If you've got too much toilet paper like I do, I would love to see this thing doubled in size. Finally, you can seek others. Who are people in your life right now that could use your radical love? Ask God who he wants you to take care of right now. Prepare yourself, though, because his answer might not be who you think it is. Could it be a friend with a weakened immune system who needs you to wear an uncomfortable, sweaty mask so that you don't frighten them, so that you don't infect them? Could it be an elderly loved one who you miss and want to be with, but who actually needs you to continue social distancing to keep them safe? Could it be someone you don't even know? A person only in theory who needs that second package of chicken breasts at the store. You have the right to two. The store says you can take up to two. But what's the most loving thing to do? Are they and their family worth leaving that second package right where it lies. However God asks you to serve the people who surround your life, let's all try to remember to have the same mindset as Jesus. Close your eyes and picture him. Who, when he was up on the cross... He didn't think about his own pain, and he didn't dwell on his own fear. Instead, he thought about his mother and her needs in the moment and her needs for the future. Let us have the same mindset toward those around us. 
not dwelling on our pain and not dwelling on our fear and not dwelling on our rights, but dwelling on those whom we can serve. And when we forget to do that, as we all will, when life returns to being self-focused, close your eyes and think of Jesus. Return to the cross again and again to remember how God reversed your fate when you were in greatest need. The living God died, giving up everything to radically love you and to bring you everything. Let us have the same mindset this week. And now, we're going to kick it over to Alicia Beachy's house for ministry time.